It's Friday, so you know what that means. Cody and I take a trip over to the YouTube comment, and the Rams released Bobby Wagner. What does that mean for the Houston Texans, if any? And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday. Sometimes Saturday. Sometimes Saturday. I'm back home, as you guys can see. My background is back. Had a good trip over the past couple of days. But I'm back home, and I'm back ready to talk Houston Texans. Of course, before we start off, I just want to say that there's a image floating around on Twitter of – Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU, and his NFL comparison. On what did I say? What did I say a couple days ago? It's Andre Johnson. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I don't know what strand it is. I, I, I don't know if it's even a strand. It could be dust. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but whatever y'all smoking out there, what my man Stephen A. Lay off the weed. Look, you know how I feel about Quentin. Um, I think he might be, if not the best, the second best wide receiver coming out of the draft this year. I, I, it's crazy to compare him to Andre Johnson, but what I would say is this, John: we are now entering the era to where some of these people on social media, man, they just don't know. And Andre Johnson is one of those people, man. Uh, you had to be there for it to understand. Uh, <laughs> so that that's why I didn't take it right. that far. You you're know, right. it's almost like right. when when people compare, you know, certain players switching over to basketball to like Tracy McGrady. Like, you know, it's one of those things. Like a couple of days ago with Vince Young, like you had to have been there to truly understand. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Really you know, quick. I wonder how many people were around for this franchise when they had um, Dom Capers as their head coach. By the way, Dom Capers debuted a uh, new hairstyle. Uh, It looked like a a real-life Photoshop hairstyle uh, as he is now the Carolina Panthers senior defensive assistant. But how many of those people that are Texan fan now uh, was around where Dom Capers, you know, when he was the head coach of this team, and the David Carr days, right? The early mm. days of Andre Johnson before Houston was able to go on in mid 2000, early 2010 run, you know. So let's calm down on the comparisons <laughs> of any of these receivers coming out of the eventual Hall of Fame wide receiver, Andre Johnson, who I believe should get in, if not next year. In the next two years, man. So let's go on over to these YouTube comments. Jonathan Caraway. Cody, you don't like this one. Please change the intro from D'Amico's press conference to 
Andre Johnson's infamous uppercut <laughs> to Cortland Finnegan. I like um, that one. I like it. Unfortunately, we can't do that due to copyright reasons. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I would love to start off the show like that, um, especially while we continuously to try to um help Andre Johnson get into the Hall of Fame. Some people think he should be in the Hall of Fame alone just off of that fight. Uh, but we, unfortunately, we can't do it due to copyright reasons. I'm sorry, my guy. Listen, I, I think this person, I think we know this person, Zay Neal. And I'm not sure if this is the same Zay that we went to college with, but if it is, you know, uh, it might be. <laughs> shout out to my man Zay, man, who is getting married, um, coming up here soon, man. So shout out to my man. Shout out to his eventual, his fiance now. She will be his eventually uh, his wife. But nobody is trading up to number one to take Bryce. Texas needs all those picks. I'm with him on that, man. I, I think that's a dumb decision. By the way, if it's not that Zay Neal, and if we just gave you this this backstory to the actual Zay Neal, it is. I'm sorry, you let us know who you are. I but think still it's I got him. <laughs> still I got, but uh, but yeah, I 100% agree, man. We don't need to uh, here in Houston. They don't need to change uh, trade up those picks. They need their picks not only for this year. I think for next year, and I'll tell you why. Like not those first round picks, unless there's a move. That makes you know it's an off on the table you can't refuse, i.e., like a Lamar Jackson, like something like that. Then yeah, you 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 go ahead and make that trade. But in this draft alone, no, you wait at number two. There's gonna be a quarterback that could potentially change your franchise mm-hmm. at number two, just like it'll be at number one. You got the cream of the crop coming out, I think, in the first two picks at quarterback. And again, you worked hard for those picks. Because of how long you had to wait out for Deshaun Watson. Enjoy what you worked for. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. And uh, stay at number two. Pick your quarterback, whether it, whether it be Bryce Young or CJ. We'll see when the draft rolls around. But don't trade those picks. This is one of those off-season narratives I just don't understand. I think that would be more of a discussion if it was just Bryce coming out or if it was just CJ coming out. But you have two potential franchise quarterbacks. And in an event where, let's say, the Colts trade up to one and take Bryce, do you just take CJ with the next pick? Or in an event, the Colts move up and they take CJ. Do you just take Bryce with the next pick? Like, I don't understand the notion of just moving up one spot ahead. And who knows? The Chicago Bears, they're a high, I believe, on Will Anderson. So there's still a possibility to where they won't you even trade one that. Of those. Yeah, you can still have your pick of the best two quarterback prospects. I get it. I understand it. It's a little bit more comfortable when you have that first overall pick. Unfortunately, we all know what happened on the very last game of the regular season while we are not in that position. But, however, it's not going to be the end of the world if the Houston Texans just Wait it out. And trust me, I totally understand Nick Casario will not do that because he understands, look, if one quarterback isn't there at two, we'll just ride with the other. My man X Christianity 94X. I don't know. You guys keep me uh keep me young with some of these YouTube names. But he um commented and said, Height isn't everything. This isn't Madden. You don't need receivers over 6'2". Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and DeAndre Hopkins are all under 6'2". And this was on the podcast 
where we discuss who's going to catch the ball when we were looking at the wide receiver prospects. Listen, I, I, I agree with you on that one. You know, some of these guys, and I'm going to be honest with you, I am interested to see what Johnson's 40 time will be. If he runs a 40 out of TCU, uh, I, I think that if he runs and with his height, if he runs a sub 4-3, then the conversation does change. Uh, and it, it, it not, not only if he runs a sub 4-3, but if Jackson is N N Nijigma Smith, Smith Nijigma, excuse me, or uh, any of the other guys, if they run one of those 4-4, sub 4-4s, four, or 4-5, and I think that Smith Nijigma may possibly, if he runs a 40, I'm not sure how much that hamstring has healed, although I'm under the impression myself that he could have played last year. He was just saving himself for the draft. And I'm not necessarily mad at that. But if he does run a four four uh, run a forty, then I, I don't think he's going to be as fast as some of the other wide receiver prospects that's coming out that we consider top four or five in this draft. But if Quentin Johnson goes out there and runs a sub four three, then a conversation will change. But again, I agree. I don't think you need one of these big tall receivers to 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 be effective on the outside. I think that if you get some of these guys and Cody, you know how I stand on this. If you get some of these guys that can win at the line of scrimmage off the ability to run routes, off the ability to have one of those perfected releases, then I, I think that's a plus now in this game compared to some of those bigger 6364 receivers. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fats and calories, then you got to try a Bill Bar. Listen, we just got through the holidays. Everybody's goal right now this year is to eat and live a little healthier, right? And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier, healthier, you want to live healthier, but you do not want to compromise the taste, then I've got something for you. You got to try these Bill Bar, man. Listen, with Bill Bar, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. Not even just a new year resolution, perfect for a new lifestyle, a cleaner and healthier lifestyle. What makes Built Bar so good for starters? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And on top of that, they come in unbelievably amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And the other day in our locked on group chat, I saw somebody play around with the idea of a donut flavor. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can head to your nearest Walmart today or Sam's Club. Just walk into the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And like I said, if you're close to the Sam's Club, run in and grab the 13-box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You'll thank me later. Make sure you check out Bill Bar online at built.com. Again, that is built.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking a lot about free agency. Um, as free agency get closer and closer, once again, the legal tampering period is on March 13th. So, of course, John and myself, we're going to be playing around with several ideas on 
which players make sense for the Houston Texans. Doesn't make sense to put a lot of money into this position group and not so much into this other position group. Um, kind of started it on yesterday, John. Um, I think you nailed a lot of good points in terms of how the Houston Texans can improve their defensive line unit. Um, I'm under the impression that when you take a look at the defensive side of the ball, especially when you take a look at that front seven, um, that is where I believe the most money should go into. Um, once again, Houston Texans last season gave up an average of 170 yards on the ground over the last three years. I believe it was like 140, 150 yards on the ground per game. With that being said, on yesterday, surprisingly, the Los Angeles Rams um, released one of the best linebackers over the last 10 years, Bobby Wagner. He is now out there on the market. Um, like I mentioned, you got to improve that front seven, John. I would not be mad if the Houston Texans have an opportunity to go out there and try to bring Bobby Wagner in, give him about a, what a two to three year deal. Yes, he is getting up there in age, but last year with the Los Angeles Rams, given everything that they had going on, he still proved to be a very reliable, very solid, very good player. Last year finished with six sacks, and he on according to Pro Football Focus, he finished with a run defensive grade of ninety one point one. Of course, he's one of those guys. I believe that you could just plug him in wherever. He's going to give you great production. And not only that, like I mentioned, whatever veterans you go out and get free, get in free agency, I do believe it's very crucial to see how is he going to help the younger guys that's here in that position group on the defensive side of the ball and just being bringing in another veteran leadership presence, especially one that's going to demand the respect of a Bobby Wagner. So I know it might cost a shiny penny, but if that is the case, I wouldn't be mad if the Houston Texans go out and try to bring him in. I'm against it. I, I'm against it. Um, <laughs> so realistically, I don't think Bobby Wagner. It's kind of like Javon Hargraves. Yeah, though those two players, Hargraves coming out coming off of a Super Bowl run with Philly. Um, you know, those two players are some of the more established guys in the league. And they're going to want to go to a situation where the situation is more, much more established and they have an opportunity to compete. Maybe more so Hargraves because he hasn't actually won a Super Bowl like Bobby Wagner has. But for, for, for one, I don't see it being too realistic that Bobby Wagner chooses Houston. If it does happen, uh, I'll eat my words, and, and I think that'll be a great opportunity for Houston. Like, I'm not against it because I think it'll be a bad signing for Houston, and I'm not sure how much money it'll cost. He's 32 years old, but 33 by the time the season start. If there was an idea and thought right now in their front office, I'm wondering how long would they sign him to, a one-year deal, two-year deal. If it's a one-year deal, are you a little bit more on the cheaper end? If it's a two-year deal, do you kind of – backloaded a little bit to give yourself some flexibility this year free agency i'm not 100 sure but i do think that all of the points you made for bobby wagner to come to houston makes 100 sense right yeah. you respect you have the respect in the locker room respect on and off the field all of that but i just don't think it's realistic i, I don't see bobby wagner wanting to come to houston now that he's you know released he's a free agent he can, he can sign wherever he wants. And overall, I think that 
you don't want to get too carried away with some of these veterans like a Bobby Wagner. Because if you if you do decide to bring in Bobby Wagner, I am interested in the money. And if you decide to pay a 32-year-old linebacker who is coming off an amazing season with the Rams, how much of that do you have left on the table to pay, I think, more dire needs? Right. I look at um uh Azir Al Shair out of you know with, with the with the 49ers. I think that's a more realistic signing. Already has a relationship with D'Amico Ryans and some of the uh, guys on the coaching staff. And I think that it would be better for Houston to focus on players where you can get multi-year deals done, like a Shair, uh, like a Hargraves, which is why I, I would still be big on that. Like some of the other free agents that we've talked about on and off this show, instead of a Bobby Wagner, to where you may have to sink a lot of money into for one year. So I'm for multi, multi-year deals right now, and I don't think Bobby Wagner is a multi-year deal player. Not for the not for a franchise to where he's 32. This team may not be super competitive and relevant again and actually plan for something by the time any contract he would receive is up. And that is why I, I, I place a lot of he- hefty emphasis on if the Houston Texans have the opportunity. And I know it's going to cost a shiny penny. And, John, I 100% agree with you. I don't think it's realistic. But if the opportunity presents itself, and if Nick Asirio and D'Amico Ryans, you know, are open to paying that type of money, because I'm pretty sure it's going to cost a pretty penny to get somebody like Bobby Wagner in. Um, but once again, when you just and, take a look at the, oh, go ahead. And and what 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 would be a pretty penny for him? I'm gonna look this up, look this up real quick. But no, <laughs> uh, I'm look serious, up his market like, value. I'm, I'm serious. Like, what would what would what would be too much for Bobby Wagner? The only like talent wise, I'm good with it. But the only thing that I would be concerned about is more so the age. He's 32, if I'm not mistaken. And I even if he came to Houston, I don't think he'd be like on a one-year deal. He's not a one-year prove it guy. I would say it'd be like a multi-year three years, you know. So with, um, with, with the Rams, he signed a five-year deal worth $50 million. Now it was smart on the Rams to release him because mm-hmm. their draft and cap situation is terrible in LA. They got a mm-hmm. lot of cap casualties, but they're gonna have to figure out who's gonna stay and who's gonna go. And I'm interested to see what they do with Matthew Stafford. But he was due 12.75 this season if he would have been on on the Rams roster. So I would say a team like the – I'm sorry to cut you off, but I would say a team like the Texans will probably have to come close or match that 12.75 because – It's too much money. I I, I look at it – and that's why I say that because I look at it as a situation. Let's say if he go to the Bills, you know, a team that's basically on the cups of winning the championship, if you add him to that – and this is – no, this is is only for an example. They're not going to give him that that 12.5 or come close to it. Um, they're going to fit him into the salary cap and he's going to have to take a pay cut to go to a more competitive team. Um, but if he goes to a rebuilding team like Houston, it's going to have to be a situation where you have to come close to either matching at 12.5 or just come close to it. Or I'm not going to say surpass it, but, um, that is where I could see a veteran player like a Bobby Wagner is how he's going to choose whether or not to go to a rebuilding situation or more so a team where he can instantly go into and compete for a championship. 
Yeah, his base salary this year was going to be $7.5 million with a signing bonus of $1 million, a roster bonus of $3.5 million. So, okay, we look at the base salary alone, seven point five. Ah, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried about that. And but, and, but and, one of the best linebackers over the past decade. No, he is. No, he. You're right. You're right. So it's like, yes, you will but, be. But again, selling like, out money. But signing, signing a player like Bobby Wagner, and I would, I would take this to compare it to Javon Hargraves. Signing a Javon Hargraves is you instantly upgrading at a need that you need to upgrade at. Right, I honestly think so. Signing a Bobby Wagner at this stage in his career is kind of like we need to put ourselves over the top at this position. So I don't think the Houston Texans right now are in a in, in a situation where they need to put themselves over the top at linebacker. Comparing that to upgrading uh, the defensive tackle position where they really need that help at. And so I, that's why I justify Hargraves over Bobby Wagner. And that's why I look at $7.5 million as a base salary for, for Bobby Wagner, who, again, had a great year last year to be 32 years old playing in the linebacker position. Um, and I still think he has a lot left in his tank to prove. But for Houston, I wouldn't allocate that amount of money to a linebacker position when I think I can use – that $7.5 million to maybe upgrade or bring in players at two positions and maybe not want to sink it into one as a base salary. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk a lot about the mobile game app, and I can tell you how much fun I had competing against my fellow Locked On NFL host. Shout out to CC, Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers, who won the Locked On Conference, uh, Locked On Championship. Now it's your turn to compete. No more excuses. It's time to compete in this game and go out there and make a run at the championship. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, then your dream can come true in this game. Listen, this game is definitely going to be for you guys out there to think you could do Nick Casario's job. You could have done what Rick Smith did. You will be able to manage every strategic aspect of your game, play through the seasons, play through your team, lead your team to glory, and build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all of the ups and downs of a season. All in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. Our Locked On Texan listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps in the game store, so make sure you check it out today. Download the game. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the App Store. Welcome back, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there on YouTube. Listen, so PFF, they dropped a kind of a top 16 
um, grading of the rookie offensive line class. And of the top 16, Keon Green was nowhere to be found. It's not Listen, surprising. It's not surprising <laughs> at all. You had Ed Ingram on there, Max Mitchell on there, Cole Strange, who I had to watch play a lot of bad football for the New England Patriots on there. <laughs> Cordell Volson was on there. Listen, some of these grades got down to 53.3. When I look at Kenyon Green and what he was able to do or lack thereof last year, the young man had a very rough year. His PFF grade, and take it for what it's worth, when you look at PFF, was a 37.7. We talk a lot here on the show <laughs> about D'Amico Ryans being a defensive coordinator that is also a developing coach. That DC is what I'm really looking forward to. And we also discussed how he brought in Chris Strouser over from Indianapolis to now be the Houston Texans' next offensive line coach. If there is any player on this roster that needs development in every sense of the word, it's Keon Green. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, man. Um, You know, we talk about it a lot here on this show. Um, Keon Green, I know those numbers sound alarming to a lot of people, especially considering, um, you know, the moves you have to make in order to get him. Uh, well, I believe it was at the number 15 pick of last year, they if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, back. so, um, yeah, it, it's alarming. But please, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind, this is a rookie who missed half a training camp. Um had a rough start to his rookie campaign. Then when it seemed like he was finally getting it going, I don't think there was probably a rookie in the league that went through the gauntlet of defensive linemen. He had to defend. And by the way, this also came midway through the 22,000, the 2022 campaign when we was looking out there on the field saying, where's the, the effort and the lack of talent for it? everybody out there on the football field so you also got to take that into consideration and um i spoke to look to former coach lovey smith several times and uh about the development of keon green as well as offensive former offensive coordinator pep hamilton and uh you know the one thing that they always said both in press conferences and behind closed doors when i spoke to him was just give him time you know at the end of the day yes we believe and that wasn't just for keon green it was also for guys like Derek stingley uh christian harris damian pierce who exploded from day one but you know you have to give these rookies time and please keep that in mind with the next selection of rookies at the houston texans draft because even though we want them to come out and have a very explosive career from the jump it's going to take a lot of these rookies' time to get accustomed to the to, to the NFL, um, especially if you have a situation like Keon Green where you came into training camp hurt. You got even more hurt with a concussion. Um, so, you know, that limit your time, no preseason, and then by the time you really start getting reps, you are going up against some of, if not the best defensive linemen. No, he, we went league. up against the <laughs> – it was, it, was, it was Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams to – to uh, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, played yeah. the Eagles in that stretch. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about uh, Fletcher Cox and then the Commanders. Listen, he went through it. He was also 21 years old last yeah. year, right? He's, you know, and so um, when, when I look at Green, man, I think the realization is, yeah, he got to get better. 
right? Mm-hmm. I think Green is a player that he has the tools, and I think he may be more so fit for a right guard. But he has the tools to move bodies out the way to create some running lanes for the running backs. I am really worried about his pass protection, which is where I think he needs to get uh, substantially better. Uh, yeah. But it's it's not like it's impossible. This isn't a player that's been in the league three to four years, and it's just like like this isn't Eric Flowers. <laughs> Eric Flowers had to be moved from tackle to guard, and he it still didn't work out for him for the most part. This isn't one of those situations. This is a, a young man who's 21, trying to figure it out, um, who was dealing with injuries before the season starts. And now he will have a full offseason. You know, you can knock on wood. Hopefully he doesn't go through any injuries that set back his development this offseason. I, honestly, I think he needs to be in a lab right now. And that's okay, right? Of course, oh, he is. He is. Um, and that's I, good. I, like, live your life, but – <laughs> you got some work to do, young man. I, I don't I know. Think he can do it. I don't know if I shared this on the podcast or not, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, he took the first shot at the Rockets game, and I had an opportunity to chop it over with him really quick. And um, I asked him how his offseason going, and he told me, you know, he took maybe like a week off, and he has been in the lab ever since. So you're looking at him being in a lab, working on his game, working on his body ever since what mid to the end of January. So that alone lets me know that. He's going to be in better shape going into his sophomore campaign, and it also helps and, that he's and, and excited durab- about look the at durability for as an issue for him not being able to stay on the field. But I think uh, 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 not shape, but uh, his ability to be out there and play through a lot of those reps. Uh, you call it shape. Mm-hmm. He just was. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he was out of shape. I can't. I don't know what the word I'm thinking of, but <laughs> being out on the field. Um, durability you guys get it like he he needs to be <laughs> he needs to get in shape the way he's out there consistently playing and i thought that that was an issue for him like he was gassed a lot of times when he was out on the field so shout out to that young man uh we'll see a better version of him this year hopefully under chris trouser and a full off season of just you know getting stronger and getting to where he needs to be thank you guys for stopping by here today on the locked on texas podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and also subscribe to the Locked On Texan YouTube page. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. We are 50 subs away hmm. from 3K. So y'all tell them big boys out there to follow us. And as always, I'm your host, Cody no, M. Davis. No. <laughs> I need credit for that one. Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. Something. I know it was corny, but. But as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.